Hi, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we covered the newest experimental patch, the details of the upcoming All-Star Games, and the dates for BlizzCon. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. We are not having a gameplay section this week, so it's just the news section because we didn't have any games because we're on a break. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How have you been using this break, Kevin? What has happened? Um, I- I'm using it relatively all right, I guess. Um, I'm helping V move out of his old place uh, next weekend. So this weekend we went over to his old place and kind of just hung out and did like a last hangout there. Um, it's pretty nice. Um, and yeah, that, that was the main gist of what happened this week. And I had that uh, working a lot on my Pokemon team and trying to also get that tracer skin before it goes away. Um, watching a lot of Twitch streamers, by the way, if you guys want, uh, there's you know more sprays that have to do with watching six hours on twitch so uh make sure to go and grab those as well um how about you how, how's your week gone well i still have not gotten the tracer skin just because i haven't had that much time to play um hopefully i'll get it before the end of the week uh, our first game for the zomnix for this season of the um international overwatch league starts on wednesday i think yeah our, our first game's wednesday so hopefully um, get some warm-up games right before that, get some wins. I think I have five wins right now. Yeah, I got. I think around there. Um, outside of Overwatch stuff, the the, um, the film festival is, is ramping up. Like, we're starting, uh, officially launching the festival on Thursday, the 24th. Um, so if by the time we release this, which is probably going to be tonight or tomorrow, um, if you're in Southern California at all during that period of time and want to watch some really cool Asian film. Um, check out the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival. Uh, we've got a lot of good offerings this year. Um, I've watched some of the the shorts. They're actually really, really interesting and unique and did a lot of really cool experimental stuff with um, camera angles and, and whatnot. Um, aside from that, I did get the Mario uh, 3D All-Stars game for the Switch. And like, mm. <laughs> I was playing it and I'm like, oh, I love this game. I can't believe that I never beat it when i had it for the gamecube um and then i got to the platforming levels and then i uh i I was stuck on the same level for like an hour because i kept dying and falling for for just bullshit reasons and then i realized oh yeah that's why i never finished because the fucking platform levels like dear god i i've never i've never hated a game genre more than i hate platformers it's just (laughs) How does like falling off of a of a platform when you press jump but it didn't register? How is that fun for anybody? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I also don't do well with platformer games um, for the most part. So it, it's really funny how people are telling me, "Hey, you should play Hollow Knight," and I'm like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> no, thank you." Was that one of the ones that was supposed to be really hard? Like Super Meat Boy, I know was supposed to be like insane platformer. Um, apparently, like, Hollow Knight is, like, another one of those insane platformers, but I don't think it's as intense. Mm -hmm. Um, it is one of those games where, like, if you die, you lose all your gear, and you have to, like, go and, like, get it again. Oh, damn, I hate those. Yeah, it's it's one of those. See, for me, like, I think the the two most infuriating genres of gameplay for me are definitely, like, the Souls genre and platformers except with souls like they're meant to be impossibly infuriatingly hard and they're meant to like make you rage and freak out and die in in just horrible horrible ways but like early 2000s platformers i don't think they were going for that level of difficulty it's just um technological limitations rushing out games and just just levels of early 2000s bullshit yeah and i do agree i think it was just like you know it's difficult to actually get that to work so like it's pad i feel like it was padding for the game because i mean i beat the game in three days and i didn't even like i wasn't playing it that hard but just 
what padded it out was me dying for an hour on like, I think there's like three or four specific levels that I just couldn't get past. All right, so let's, I guess, get into the news of the week. Um, first up, there was a new experimental patch that came out. Um, it came out on the 18th, so I don't know how much longer it's going to be on. We're recording this on the 22nd. They usually last about one or two weeks. Um, but this one, they're, uh, they're just changing the balance on a couple of the characters. Um, first one is Ash. They feel that she's still a little bit too powerful, so they want to keep her uh, rifle from feeling a little too um, overpowered. So they're taking a little bit out of the dynamite to compensate for the damage that the rifle puts out. So the explosion damage from dynamite is reduced from 75 to 50. So I don't believe this is affecting her burn damage. It's just the initial boom. Um, Baptiste, for his notes, they said, he generates a majority of his ultimate charge through area of effect healing. As we reduced the area healing values recently, we're also scaling down the cost of his ultimate. So this is a, a minor buff for him. His ultimate cost is decreased 15%. And like, I feel like Baptiste already was one of the fastest people in the game to get his ultimate. So I don't really feel like he necessarily needed this buff too much. Like, yes, the area of effect is decreased, but he's still, um, he's still right up there with Moira as the fastest ults in the game that you could probably get. Um, McCree, uh, after scaling down the damage input of McCree's primary fire, we're looking to give back a bit of power through improvements to his abilities. So his combat role can now be activated in the air and the distance is increased 20%. I'll get back to that one later. Um, and his flashbang, the stun duration increased from 0.7 to 0.8 seconds. So you've got a fraction of a second more to pop him in the head or uh, fan the hammer or to escape. Uh, Arisa, increasing projectile speed will help Arisa's weapon feel more responsive, reducing the need to lead targets. We found that recent adjustments in Arisa's abilities were more powerful than we originally anticipated and have increased her armor to compensate. And I mean, for this note, it's just like, you think they were a little bit strong? Like you nerfed her halt, which takes away all that positioning and playmaking she's got. You've nerfed her shield. <laughs> what, what else does she really have? So... Her fusion projectiles, fusion driver projectile speed increased from 90 to 120. So uh, you don't really have to shoot in front of where your opponent is going to be as much. And then finally, we've got Roadhog. After the last round of shotgun improvements, Roadhog's chain hook combo still wasn't effective against some of the smaller enemy heroes. This change pulls targets closer to melee range for swifter, more reliable combat, combo execution. So the chain hook now pulls target 0.5 meters closer. Well, it started at 3.5 meters. So now they're 3.0 meters away from you. So overall, before we get into like this specific one ability that I do want to talk about, uh, what did you think of this patch, Kevin? I think it, it's fairly balanced. I don't really, I didn't think it was as necessary, but I'm not complaining. Yeah, this patch is kind of interesting in in the case where they're trying to get McCree back in the meta in a way. Um, they're like, you know, Ash's Dynamite has been kind of an issue. It's creating a lot of, like, you get a lot of ult really quick. Um, so I understand the damage uh, nerf. The Baptiste thing makes no sense to me. Uh, I feel like he's just going to get ult even faster. So if you have a good Baptiste player, uh, he's going to have ult, like, literally every every fight or every other fight at this point. Um, yeah, we'll talk about McCree in a bit. Uh, Arisa, Arisa's whole thing, I feel like they're saying like, oh, Arisa is strong in the places where she was strongest, so we buffed the other spots. Um, like, her damage output with the projectile speed wasn't an issue. Her, her survivability wasn't an issue. It was the fact that you nerfed Halt into the ground that made her, like, not playable. Um, and that's still the case, in my opinion. So, uh, Arisa doesn't really have a lot going on for her, which is kind of sad. Um, and the chain hook, I do understand you want to bring him in closer. It, it's kind of... I've missed my melee on occasion just because, like, they're just out of range. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, now you're just that that much closer to Roadhog just, like, breathing on you. Uh, it's, it's probably a little bit scarier. Another thing that it will take a little bit of getting used to for Roadhog players now is... Um, you're trying to get the environmental kill. You actually have to be closer to it. So uh, it, you might have to do the full like uh, tracking them during the hook to pull them off or 
um, being even closer to danger in order to actually land that hook. High risk, high reward for that, really. Especially yeah, truly. like Lucio's or or Briggs or even even with the nerf uh, halt, like even with that Arisa around you, like you're you're gonna have to play this like very very uh, carefully. You have to be very aware of who's around you, what the ability cooldowns are. So you're gonna have to track a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Roadhog is like especially on Ilya's well is one of the ones where like I know people want to hook people into the well. Um, I feel like Far is gonna be really strong, just because you know roadhog doesn't have that ko potential as quickly as he used to mm -hmm. i remember back in like closer to the 1.0 overwatch uh his hook was just his range was so long so even though i'm like as high as i can go as a far like i would still get pulled down and hook shotted by these roadhogs and so i'm i'm kind of happy that his range is a lot shorter yeah i was looking at one of the um there was an old video on like hook 1.0 um, that I was showing my friends who like the, the latest iteration of the team and they were like, oh, okay. Like how, how broken was hog back in the day? And I'm like, oh man, you, you, oh, you will never know. Like and they're like portals. They're like, oh, you're not, it's not that broken. Right. And I showed them like clips of like hooking through walls and like hooking like under like map textures and like around corners and they're like wait what the hell this is this is an actual thing and i'm like yeah you you could hook you could hook a a far through the windmill like you can throw it into a crowded space of three people and you'd probably grab one of the random people in the back like it's it's not like it wasn't consistent at all it was just weird and they're like oh, okay now now i understand why why some of these nerfs are a thing and i'm like yes be glad you didn't have to be a support during this era. It was just always so random. So like if they're running hog, like a lot of your strategies went bunk because like you never knew who he was gonna hook. It was just a random grab bag. But now it's like now with this nerf, with if, if this goes live, um actually I don't know if this is actually going to increase, I mean decrease his his hook range as much. So you might have the same reach. It's just you're going to have to be, um, if you're trying to do the environmental kills, like, like you said, Kevin, you're going to have to be more aware of how close you are to the edge. This is like, you're going to have to really be a professional hooker with, <laughs> with this Roadhog. Yeah, you have to land your hooks and you have to be closer to the edge, which is just a couple of things that we'll be getting used to. Um, but honestly, like Roadhog is in a better uh, roaming position than he used to be, which... Um, it's very good for Roadhog players who just want to get kills um, and not have to rely on, you know, the team always being there. Like you, you have, you will always land that melee now. Um, if you get the right click, right click hook melee, then the, the regular left click, you should have a kill uh, on a 200 HP. What always infuriated me with, with Roadhogs is like, if I'm going up against like a tracer or a Sombra, I'd hook, I'd shoot. And right when I'm about to the, do the melee, they'd, TP away from me. And yeah. It's like, ah. So hopefully, I don't know if that was just because just random, I, I didn't shoot them before, or I don't know what it was, if it was timing, but maybe this, uh, this change will improve that and the ability for Roadhogs to finish off those kills on the squishy heroes. Yeah. I, I think it's just going to be just a little bit more effective. Um, Especially for damage output. So uh, Roadhog players should be really happy about the position that he's in right now. For me, like the, the really big uh, change was McCree's combat role. Um, on paper, it sounds like, oh, so he can air roll. Oh, he can move a little bit more. No, this is like, he's got full flanking potential now. Um, he, his ability to access places is just so... It's just so greatly expanded that McCree is now like, he's got full flanking ability. So I'm expecting just, if this goes live, there's going to be a lot of really, really cheeky backline uh, high noons that are going to happen. Yeah. Uh, another thing about uh, air rolls, I don't, I don't know how else the barrel rolls, uh, McCree's going to be pulling off now. Um, yeah, he's going to be in really weird spots. I mean... It's just surprise cowboy everywhere you go. So, yeah, surprise cowboy. Hey, you thought that you're safe on Route 66. 
Uh, no, he's on the roof now. Like you didn't, you didn't expect it, but he's there now. Um, yeah, you don't need a semester teleporter to put you in random spots. You actually plus do it the, yourself now. Plus, the distance means he's going to be able to like cross gaps that he wasn't able to before. Like, um, you could jump and then cross the gap on uh, Lee Jong between um, the point and the uh, the moat on Garden. Hmm. And then just like weird really ledges, just so many weird, like there's a video that I saw and I put it in our notes page, but like just all the places that McCree can go now, he's like, it's, it's surprise cowboy adventure every single time. Like he, you, we're not going to know where the McCree's going to pop up. You just have to like keep spy checking. Yeah. You either have to spy check or get, uh, you, you just have to be aware of your angles. This makes him way more, um, how can I describe it? He's got a lot more space to work with now, um, and you can't just you can't just run in there as often as you can. You have to keep track of where the McCree is, um, or else he is gonna completely roll over your team. Uh, no pun intended. So, if this goes live, how how much do you think we're gonna see a resurgence in McCree? We will for sure see a resurgence in McCree. This is just such a weird like aspect that if it does go through like you're gonna see mccree in like the weirdest spots ever um he's gonna be able to like be behind you he's gonna be on the high ground like you have to constantly be checking around for like where he's at um another thing that i feel like this might do this is just like a a thought or an option um zenyatta might come back because of this Hmm. um only because like if you can't completely keep track of where the McCree is at all times, uh, just putting a Discord orb when you first see him uh, alerts the team or at least alerts the Zen of like where he wants to go. Um, and that's actually more information than actually like bursting him down. But it is kind of weird how they're giving him like this kind of like positioning ability. What do you think this is going to do for the tank line? Just because we're both tanks and that's uh and also who's he gonna pair with on dps too um hmm you would want another frontliner to take your take your initial hits so you want somebody especially because he's going to be more flanky yeah mccree is going to be 100 more flanky so i could see once again like if you wanted to do ash and mccree it is an option um ash sits in the back and just keeps their attention there so mccree could kind of do his own thing um I could also see either Genji or Tracer just being in the fight and forcing them to just keep their eyes in the middle of the fight. Um, but yeah, you can't have like McCree and Sombra. I just don't think that that's going to work out uh, as well as it used to. Yeah, um, I think they're a little bit squishy still. Yeah. In terms of tank lines, I feel like Diva is going to be really, really important. Um, if this buff goes through, like Diva is going to be a must pick um, just because. You know, you have the ability to, like, deny high noon. Um, Thrusters also have the ability to, like, boot people off the high ground. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's just going to be really helpful to keep tabs on where McCree is. Um, And if high noon does go off, you just, like, you know, you you rocket towards him, sacrifice the mech for it. But uh, it'll definitely be worth it. Do you think a shield tank, like, do you think Sigma would be effective at countering him as well? Because you have the angles, you can also use uh, the the void grasp or whatever it's called. Um, also, rock to deny it. Do you think Sigma might see a resurgence, which would make me very happy? <laughs> Sigma could work as well. Um, it's just a matter of how quick uh, they are to respond. Um, I know, you know, in the pro scene, they like they hear the high noon roll up. They're like, okay, yeah, yeah, throw a rock in that general direction. We'll get them. Um, but I don't know. Like, it's the same issue that you had with the original Reinhardt uh, shield. It's every single person that McCree locks on at that point. Um, when he fires the gun, it does 500, I believe. Uh, it's either five or 600, like when it's full, like when, it, when it's a full, full dead eye, it like insta kills. Um, but that amount of damage is going to be poured into the shield for every shot that he takes during high noon. So, for example, if you're a Reinhardt and you have three people behind you, um, or you have two people behind you, and you hold up your shield, um, and it's, let's just say it's at full, right? 
Um, when he fires his shots, you're only going to be left with a hundred, um, with a, with a hundred shield. Or if somebody shoots your shield and then, like, you know, high noon goes off, you essentially sacrifice one person on on your team. But uh, you'd rather take one than three. You know, it's just a better trade. But it's at the same time, <laughs> it it hurts your shield a lot uh, in order to hold that up against McCree. Uh, meanwhile dm is just like free like you just show up in his face and yeah right click and you eat it. you eat it all i wonder if this one is going to go through because just depending on like if you look at the history that they had very recently i think really the only ones that didn't go through were a lot of the moira changes that they had so i feel like this just with the way it's been going everything's been going through the experimental is just essentially ptr for everybody um so it's it's time to prepare that McCree gameplay, guys. Yeah, McCree players are going to rejoice. They're 100% ready for this. All right, so moving on, we've got the uh, the All-Star Games coming up fairly soon, as we announced uh, uh, last week with the two skins that came out, the uh, Reinhardt Gaia and the Diva Celestial. Um, so they're broken up by region uh, this year. Um, the All-Stars for the Asian division is on September 26th. Um, it's the, uh, the games are going between 1 and 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. What, what are these time zones? What is KST? Korean Standard Time, maybe? Ah, makes sense. So, uh, from 1 to 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 4 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, I believe. Um, no, that's, is that Chinese Standard Time? I don't know. I don't know times anymore. That's, that's PM. So I'm guessing maybe Chinese Standard Time. Yeah. And then 5 to 11 p.m. Korean Standard Time. Someone please fact check us if we're wrong. Um, so that's those are the Asia games. Um, and as with pretty much everything that's going on with all the games being moved to Korea, what the Overwatch League team has said is that they don't expect people in North America to be able to watch these live because most people, unlike Kevin and I, have a normal sleep schedule. Um, so that's where they said just watch it on the YouTube channel. Although with doing that, you run the risk of people on like forums and uh, pages dedicated to the Overwatch League of posting spoilers. So uh, if you are planning on watching these games, then just stay off the internet and don't look at pages that are dedicated to the Overwatch League. Um, so... In addition to the glory of winning the All-Star Games, you do have prizes. Um, if you're the winner, the winning team of the All-Star Game, you get $90,000. Um, the Widowmaker 1v1 winner will get $15,000. The runner-up for the Widowmaker runner uh, 1v1 is a $7,500 prize pool. Uh, Winston Skill Challenge winner gets $4,000. Genji Skill Ch Challenge winner gets $4,000. Same thing with the Honest Skill Challenge. And who is meta winner gets $3,000. So they're, they're doing new challenges, I guess. Cool. Um, the American pot is smaller than this. The American pot gets $75,000 if they win the All-Star Games. Uh, and the Widowmaker 1v1s have the same prize pool, $15,000 and $7,500. Um, let's look at these events that we have. So there is going to be a Widowmaker 1v1. Eight players are being invited to participate in a single elimination tournament. Um, there's going to be a random draw seating. Uh, matches are first to five, except for the final, which is a first to nine. Headshots only, no assault rifle, no capture point. Oppositions revealed after 60 seconds, and a round ends in a draw. And is reset after five minutes of no elimination. Uh, no kill cam. Crouches are limited to two crouches per second. Um, they're going to be on Castillo for the quarterfinals, Echo Point Antarctica for the semifinals, and Necropolis for the finals. Um, the Asian tournament contestants are Fitz from the Dynasty, Glister from the Spitfire, Carpe from the Fusion, Happy from the Charge, Godsby from the Spark, Bacon Jack from the Hunters, DM from the Dragons, and Ons from the Shock. Um, North American competitors are Logix from the Defiant, Lynxer from the Outlaws, KSB from the Valiant, Shockwave from the Titans, Onigod from the Fuel, Soon from the Eternal, Color Hex from the Uprising, and Dalton from the Titans. Um, we're also getting a talent takedown this year. The, the talent is broken up into two teams. 
Um, so on map one, there's I guess it's two maps. Uh, it's going to be Quick Play Classic on Li Jiang, and China Talent picks their buffs. Um, each team is going to choose a buff that will be applied to the current map and is secretly shared with a viewing audience, so the opposing team won't know what it is. Um, and for the second map, it's going to be on Busan, and the South Korean Talent is going to pick that buff. Um, the following buffs are available and can only be used once. Total Mayhem, um, Low Gravity, Double Damage, Double Healing, and Increased Movement Speed, and Mystery Heroes. So this is going to be different between the North America and the uh, Asian tournaments. So all that is just for the Asian tournament. The Chinese talent is going to be uh, Vivi, Juduo, Peach, YXL, Roy, and Time for China. Uh, and for South Korea, Yongbong Tang, Hyunsung Wong, Hong, or Ryu Jae-Hong. Oh, Jae-Hong's going to be in this. Um, Akaros, Jisoo Sim, and The Marine. And for North America, it's going to be a 6v6 talent takedown across three maps, Genji and Tracer on Hollywood, Goats on Rialto, um, Widow and Tracer on Ilios, Li Zhang and Busan, and a tiebreaker if needed is standard competitive. Our talent is going to be ZP, Bren, Frankie, Jaws, Jake, Reinforced, Sideshow, Mr. X, Uber, Hex, Custa, and Zoe. Oh, Hex is back. Yeah, he, he's been around. I just, I guess I haven't seen him in the matches that I've been watching. Um, so the Winston skill challenge, this is going to be four players in a 1v1 Elim. Goal is simple. Be the first Winston to push a neutral wrecking ball into the Ilios well. Winston players have unlimited primal range to get the job done. Each time a wrecking ball is pushed into the well, that player scores a point. If a Winston pushes the wrecking ball off the map or if a Winston gets knocked off the map, the opponent scores a point. For the semifinal matches, it's first to two. The finals first to three. Players seated at random. And we're going to see Mono from the NYXL. Fearless from the Dragons, Gesture from the Soul Dynasty, and Gushue from the Spark. The Genji skill challenge is going to be four players in 1v1 single Elim. Find out who's the greatest Genji. Uh, opening round matches are first to three Elims, finals first to five. All matches played on Castillo. Uh, capture point will be activated 45 seconds into each round, and players seated at random. We're going to see Jinmu from the Hunters, Haxal from the NYXL, Prophet from the Dynasty, and Sparkle from the Paris Eternal. Oh, God, they're going against Sparkle. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a very interesting match. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to the Genji skill challenge. Uh, I'm just a little sad that, like, you know, NA can't participate. Yeah. I think it's... Is it because just there's not enough people in, L in NA? I don't think so. I think that it would have been interesting, at least, to, like, throw in, like, for the, for the memes, just put super in <laughs> <laughs> and then like uh i mean you could take also like eqo and a whole bunch of other people i, I just don't know why they're not including you know the the na challenge but i do understand like you know it is in asia they need more you know stuff but uh, uh -huh. we'll just see we'll see how it plays out really okay so the last two uh challenges are the honest skill challenge um so it's going to be an Ana free-for-all competition, two rounds. First round is in Black Forest with nine players with the top four advancing to Necropolis. Each round ends when a 20 elimination uh, point is hit or after five minutes. So it's going to be Molly from the Hunters, Bebe from the Spark, Shu from the Charge, Izayaki from the Dragons, Creative from the Dynasty, Hailey from the Spitfire, Jonak from the NYXL, Violet from the Shock, and Alarm from the Fusion. And this last one's kind of interesting for me. Um, it's called the Who is Meta Challenge. So the eight players in the Asia region with the best Fleta deadlift percentages will compete in a hero gauntlet match. A Fleta deadlift is when a player accounts for 50% or more of the team's final blows on a map win. A hero gauntlet, as we know, is when uh, it's a free-for-all where each player starts his McCree, and each time they get an Elam, they move to another hero. Uh, the first player to win gets, or the first player to get an elimination using all 22 heroes wins. And it's going to be Lee from the Hunters, Sparkle from the Eternal, Ons from the Shock, Haxall from the NYXL, Glister from the Spitfire, Fleta from the Dragons, Birdring from the Gladiators, and Rascal from the Shock. So the Asian region really gets a lot here. Yeah, a lot of the Asian region players get, get a taste here. Uh, I, I don't know why I don't see a lot of like other... Yeah, there's not a lot of NA players other than the, there's a couple of them from the shock, but they are technically Asian as well. So it's just like, 
I get it. There, it's an all star game for fun, but like at the same time, I, w- I would like to see other flex gods if there were if there were options, you know, uh, yeah. hop in. Yeah, definitely. So the teams are Team Triple A, coached by Moon. It's going to be Yaki, Carpe, Glister, and Haxall on DPS. Mono, Choi, Amang, Krong on tank. Toby, Jonak, Shu, and Itsuyaki on healer. Going against Team Universe, which is coached by Jin. Uh, it's going to be Fleta, Prophet, Decay, and Ons on DPS. Uh, Fearless, Void, Hanbin, and Gushui on tank. Lee Jagon, Alarm, Violet, and Myungbong on healer. These are pretty good matchups for Asia. Yeah, the the Asian matchup is kind of kind of fun to to look at. Um, they split the shock in half, so like Anz and Violet are up against Choi, um, but they kept all the NYXL peeps together, which is kind of weird. <laughs> um, I'm like, like if you're like, could we trade? We'll, we'll trade Anz for Hawksall maybe, uh, just to add a little bit of depth, um, and you know mix it up a bit uh that that might be a lot of fun other than keeping you know your main core otherwise right. like trade we'll, we'll we'll give you void and we'll take choi like that that's a that's an even trade you just keep the core together so for the american teams it's going to be team reinhardt coached by kdg uh, featuring dante soon nico on uh dps super poco and nevix on tank Funny Astro, Dogman, Jexa, and Crimzo on healer. Facing against Team Diva, coached by Kuki, featuring KSP, Shockwave, and Agilities on DPS. Space Hydration, McGravy, and Ben Best on tank. And Kariv, Moth, and FD God on healer. This is pretty funny, like these, these teams. Um, I'm looking at the first one, and I'm like, yo, wait, this is like half of the Shock Season 1 roster. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. <laughs> You have Dante Super and Epics back together. Um, they they've all played, uh, and then, yeah, everybody else kind of knows each other really well. Um, and then Team Diva is like old Valiant, like with a couple of like new players sprinkled in. You know, you have yeah, the new yeah. you have the new Valiant. You got KSP and McGravy, but you also have like you know Agility, Space, and Hydration all in the same squad. And I think her. Kariv was on that squad too, right? Like earlier, I believe Kariv was on. I believe he was on the Valiant. Yeah, he was on the Valiant for a little bit, but yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of funny to see like this old squad come together. Um, yeah, so again. there's definitely chemistry on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how talent goes because talent, I, KSP is, is a big threat. I think so. I think if you're gonna play KSP on the on sniper, you're gonna have to have like big dive. I mean, they have soon on the other side too, so that's like a, it's a relative one v one. I feel like the, it depends on how well like they're gonna play Dante on the Sombra. It depends on how well they also support soon, because soon yeah. I think, soon likes to be out in the open a little bit better, so you really need a shield tank for him. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think KSP is better at playing angles and like hiding. If Dante can get like a really good sneak with his Sombra and gets to the back line, I think that might be enough pressure to take out KSP. Also, you've got Shockwave too. Oh, these these, these matchups are kind of I really don't know. Yeah, that, that's the fun part about this, you know, this All-Star weekend. It's just a bunch of talent coming together and playing together. So Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's there's a little bit on the table. I mean, there is like literally like cash prizes on there's the real money there's there's a good amount of there's a good chunk of change but yeah it's uh it's more just for fun it's more for just like the audience just to see how well uh your fantasy teams would do mm-hmm. i feel though for the asia region my money is going more towards team universe i feel because you've got Flutter, you've got the shock you've got profit mm-hmm. Yeah, your DPS line is looking really strong. I mean, you like low key, like they brought Decay. Like, uh, Decay is really strong, and you don't have to necessarily run him on that DPS line either. <laughs> like, we've seen him on the off tank. Which, if we need him on Zarya, you just throw him on the Zarya. There you yeah, go. Yeah, you throw you throw him on Zarya, and you put Gushui in. Like, that's that's literally like full dive. Um, yeah, it's just scary to see the potential that they have. Um, Triple A has a lot of like line sniper potential. Um, 
But I, I do want to see if, like, I want to see Carpe, Hawksaw, and Ameng go, like, together. I want to see the ball dive, but, like, with, like, the double sniper potential um, as well. And I think that would be really scary to see. Right, because you've got your front-range brawl, plus, like, the pressure from the, the snipers in the way back. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting comp. Huh. Yeah, it's like a pseudo-dive. Um, you, you have the dive presence. Like, you also have Yaki on, on AAA. So you have, like, a good Tracer or Genji player um, that you can send in with a mang and just go, like, full dive except for one. And, like, you just either have, like, Carpe or Hoxall just chilling in the back with, like, a sniper. Uh, either with uh, Ash or Widow. Like, I think that that would be really scary. Do you think this is they're going to be treating this more like how the NBA treats their All-Star game where it's just kind of it's just a show or are they do you think they're going to actually like take it seriously even though this is ju- this is just a fun thing I think they'll take it like semi-seriously I think that these teams there's not going to be a lot of memeing but I do think that there is going to be like some funny picks or like some weird interactions um that we'll see throughout this match just because everybody is really comfortable with each other and i just think it's hilarious when you see like teammates uh bump heads yeah so that asian game with the asian games are coming this weekend so we'll get all the goodies this weekend so uh, i'm excited to see who wins we'll check back with you on that and break everything down i really want to see the i think for me the the event that i want to see the most is the uh the who's the meta event that one looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's meta is, looks like a lot of fun. I also want to see that, you know, the gay skill challenge. I think that one's going to be, you know, high octane considering who's in it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it just looks insane. Uh, I'm glad that, you know, there's no, there's no Lucio ball. Thank you. Uh, God, but well, like, they kind of similar. They have something similar. They've got you know, the, win- the Winston ball, but like, honestly, uh, I feel like, the Genji skill challenge is going to be um, something that's really interesting to watch. And then we, you know, we saw the talent takedown, uh, keeping traditions good. Um, I don't know how they're going to break down the team. So um, that's the thing that I'm mostly like trying to figure out because I'm, I'm glad that they have a lot of talent here. Um, it used to be just like whoever got reinforced won the game. Uh, because reinforce, believe it or not, was like top 500 for a little bit. Um, it was mixed scary. Um, <laughs> so now that they have people like Jake and Custa both on the desk, it's going to be really interesting to see who they draft. Because um, like, let's say if you give it to somebody and they like completely one side, just like, oh yeah, I get Jake, I get reinforce, and I get Custa. Like that's like <laughs> that's literally the game. Um, I feel like it's just really interesting to see how the teams are gonna play out against each other and how they're gonna set up uh the draft. Yeah. So moving on to our next story. Uh this is kind this is a bit interesting. There, this goes with uh a lot of the weird conspiracies people have about like the matchmaking and how uh the they're losing because their team sucks or whatever. So the Overwatch player prototype OW made a social media post. I think it was on it was on Twitter, um, and I think it moved its way onto Reddit concerning a patent that he had seen that came from Blizzard from Activision Blizzard, um, and it had to do with matchmaking. Um, according to Blizzard, they try to make the matchmaking as evenly as possible. Um, that they just pretty much match you based upon your skill level. But according to uh, this matchmaking patent, which is available on Google, if you look it up on Google Patents, um, according to this patent, what they potentially, the system that they had to work with, matched people who were of lesser skill level with people of higher skill level to balance out the teams. Um, And it also said that Blizzard had the right to retain small pieces of data, i.e. voice chat um, chat use and rage quitting in conjunction with your actual performance to decide who and what is in your games. Um, Jeff made a post on Reddit, I believe, that said, um, Overwatch does not use analysis of chat, voice, or text for matchmaking. Without going overly into details, Overwatch matchmakes on 
your matchmaking rating, which is most affected by win-loss with very variance applied for certain conditions like a brand new player, among other things, your region, and your ping. Again, that's oversimplified, but that's basically it. Um, proto or yeah, prototype didn't really feel that that was addressing all the allegations levied against this matchmaking system, uh, specifically that Jeff didn't mention anything about win streaks, loss streaks, or aspects of gameplay influencing the quality of the matches. Um, I've definitely felt that the matchmaking wasn't the greatest in some of my matches because if it's based just if it's solely based on your win-loss record, then I don't know. I'm getting placed into a lot of matches with Smurfs recently. And I, I feel like that's got some weird... That's kind of weird. I mean, yeah, that's another issue that I, I know I've had for a while is like you, you're playing with a team that you know shouldn't be, you know, this crazy. And then you play into a Smurf. And then the game is just really difficult to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I do understand like the matchmaking thing where it's like, oh yeah, well you have a silver and a platinum player in the same thing. So we'll put a bunch of gold players on your team to like balance it out in the middle. But at the same time, like you don't want to have teams that have, you know, crazy good players. Like you wouldn't want, you know, a grandmaster in your game and then have a bronze in your gold game, right? Like, that's that's kind of what they're saying here. Um, it's not going to happen, obviously, but, like, hypothetically, that, that would have been something that did happen. Yeah, this, it's um, what this patent was allowing for. If, we don't know if they used it, but it, it they have the patent on this system. Yeah, so what I, I'm, I'm glad that they separated that out, but I don't know if this is something that we need to like dive into immediately. Like I do understand like if your matchmaking games are starting to get really weird, um, it would be something that would really spark this and allow you to look deeper into, you know, why am I matchmaking here? But we're kind of waiting on what they'll do for Overwatch 2. Um, And if, you know, they are using the same matchmaking uh, thing especially if there's players who are not happy about it there should be a way to really readjust it and look at it yeah uh what honestly what for me is more interesting though is the part where it's the patent allowed blizzard to retain parts of your chat usage voice and uh text chat um that honestly is a little bit scary to me just considering all the news stories that happen with like um personal voice assistant storing your your voice chat or like uh google retaining your your voice data or apple retaining your voice data and potentially using that against you um that's it's it's just a little bit like why do you why would you need to store my data for that yeah uh i i get that um i could also see it like it's a 50-50 for me. Like, I do understand the reason why they would want to monitor some games. I know, like, especially if you, like, report somebody for toxicity or, like, voice comm abuse, they might want to look back at said VOD and be like, all right, well, this guy is blatantly, like, throwing the game and, like, being racist and stuff like that. Like, now they have that literally on file for them. Um but at the same time, like you would hate it if it's just like a random, like pick of the mill thing where they just like, oh well, like yeah, you, like we're just recording this this match, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they were only using it. I hope that they're only using it to point out, uh, you know, potential throwers and toxic abuse. But at the same time, like we can't be a hundred percent sure when it comes down to that. Like I feel, I understand that that's hopefully they were just using it for um reporting and and finding out whether the allegations of a reported player are real um but i just think it's a slippery slope like if if for some reason some people were like using i don't know if some reason people ever needed to like access chat logs or whatever and like the fbi like demanded blizzard like 
hand over every single chat log ever. Um, that would just that would be a very big. I don't know, be a controversy, but it, it, there'd be a lot surrounding that, just legal wise, and just how comfortable players feel with their chat being recorded, monitored, and potentially handed over to to the FBI or something. Yeah, that I. I do understand that, especially like game stuff. But uh, if you're really afraid of that, you know, just call each other on the phone. <laughs> like you can use Discord too. I mean, I use Discord um, when at least I'm calming with other people um, that I know personally. Um, but yeah, it it is a little bit it's a little bit scary knowing that that's uh, going around. Well, as far as we know, this system hasn't been implemented it's just it exists so if anything more comes with that we'll let you know but i think for now at least we can um hopefully assume that they're not using it like that uh the final thing that i have for right now is that the blizzcon dates have been announced hooray blizzcon Yay. so blizzcon this upcoming year 2021 is going to happen on February 19th and 20th, 2021, um, it's going to be called BlizzCon Line. Apparently, according to, to files from Blizzard, um, nothing really has yet been announced. Like, we don't have anything on Diablo 4 or Overwatch 2, which are probably the two most anticipated announcements um, that people are hoping to get from BlizzCon or BlizzCon Line. Um, but I honestly, I think it's safe to assume that we're going to get them. We what was it last year that we got the those two announcements on those games and it's been silent ever since yeah kind of we got we got a little bit of a touch of overwatch 2 i mean people were playing the the story mode a little bit but yeah it, it's kind of weird you know it's february 19th and 20th i they're they're going to they're going online um which i mean they have done in the past already um but the question here becomes like, is it going to be pass exclusive now? Because um, when it was in person, it was streamed on Twitch as well. So everybody who was on Twitch was just like, oh, okay, yeah, we're watching BlizzCon now. Um, but if you get like the virtual pass, you get like a whole bunch of like extra goodies for all the games. Um, we'll see if it goes a little bit more exclusive this time um, in order to, you know, actually make money off the event. But at the same time, time like i think that if they literally just say like okay yeah we have we have the past we're doing the online thing again um it'd be fine i think that we'll get whatever we whatever they want us to hear they're going to give it to us in february but at the same time i feel like february if okay this this is kind of weird that it's like pushed back um before you know before the holiday season right um like, there's nothing really stopping it from happening in November unless they're just, like, not ready, you know, um, which makes sense. Like, we could push back a little bit. You know, coronavirus doesn't necessarily it, – it will stop everybody's progress uh, for a good amount of time. But um, at the same time, February 19th to 20th, if there is no, like – if they don't announce that that is the release date of Overwatch 2, you know – um or it's just like here's a cinematic trailer it comes out in like a month or something right um i would be i i feel like that would be kind of i don't want to say it's a nail in the coffin but it's like really close to just like stalling out your entire community right definitely i i, I can't i can't imagine the the amount of backlash that the overwatch team would get if they didn't announce the release date and have it be very soon after like if you announce the release date of overwatch 2 and it's still like october 2021 it's not gonna do you any good it has to be like i'd say within a month or two after blizzcon is announced blizzcon happens i think that's like your 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 limit for keeping this community alive like here's the ideal situation if i was blizzard here um and i want to keep my audience together you announce it february 19th to 20th right you say okay close beta um happening right now um 
do the same thing that Valorant did, where it's you have to watch streamers to get a key to to play, right? Um, that way you get people to watch the streams, you get people to watch gameplay of your game, um, and then you slowly let people into the game, um, giving them a little bit of time to really get into it, right? So two weeks, you give them two weeks, and then say like by March first, we're gonna do full release, um, because that way you have your you have like your dedicated play testers who are ready to play um, out there testing it and figuring out, you know, all the bugs that come before uh, the actual game released. And then when the game comes out, then you're just, okay, yeah, now I'm ready to, I'm I'm ready to understand everything that needs to go down before, uh, you know, full release for everybody. So there, that's definitely something. Hopefully, hopefully we can look forward to. If uh, I, I, I honestly can't imagine a world where they're not going to do anything for Overwatch Two. If they don't, um, we'll rant about it here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, at, at least hopefully they're going to have. There's going to be content in between then to fill it. Like we've got four more of the uh, the comic book re- events that are going to be happening. We've got Halloween event, which Hopefully they they do at least some variation this year. Um, we've got the winter event coming as well, um, and that should I get, with, with the winter event ending right around like probably early January. You've got about a month in between then and BlizzCon, so I feel like the timeline is right for it. Yeah, that that is. It has to come sooner than later. Um, I'm glad that they at least said, you know, BlizzCon is happening. Um, it It is a little disappointing that it is going to be three months later than what we've originally had it for the past, you know, X amount of years. But at least we now have a date to lock down and say like, okay, this is when we need to tune in. Like, this is when we're getting all of our news. Um, the, the real question is, for me at least... Um, we're going to end the Overwatch season, you know, um, relatively soon. You know, we're at the beginning of October, um, we're going to get, you know, the finals games and that's it, right? Um, what does BlizzCon in February mean for the Overwatch League? Um, meaning, like, what will happen if Overwatch 2 comes out in, like, February, right? Our season right. usually starts in like uh like March or April. Um we all shift over. Do we still play Overwatch one until it's full access or what's what happens? Huh. Yeah. I mean, cause like I feel like we'll just probably move over as as soon as like it's it's wide. No, because the league plays on a different patch generally than we play on. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they might use the league as a way to showcase it. Yeah. I, I mean, that, like that would be the best way over. to do it. I feel like they'll move over as soon as possible. Maybe even like start the league before they start the rest of us on it just to increase hype for like um, push mode. Getting our something. hands on it. Yeah, yeah. For, for push mode. Um, maybe they'll get some of the new characters before us. I, I doubt that part, but they might get access to the characters before us. Uh, they might get maps before us. And like, if you're getting people to try to, to drum up interest in o- the Overwatch community again, that's a good way to get people watching the league and hyped for the game. Yeah. Um, another thing that I, I know Dota 2 does this a lot more than, uh, than Blizzard. But during our international, which is like our our like big our big event, right? Um, we have an all star game, and during the all star game, they'll showcase a new hero or a new character um, if it's been leaked or teased, right? Um, and they'll just throw it out there. They they won't even tell us. They'll only tell the player they're like, "Hey, uh, you're playing this new character," and they're like, "Wait, what do you mean?" It's like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You'll figure it out as we go." And they're like. What? wait and then yeah they just showcase it like during the big event um i mean usually during that time we have world cup 
it would be funny if we had like a World Cup like All Star game, and then they're, everybody's just playing, and then they just see like Sojourn is locked in, and you're like, uh huh, what? Like, what does this mean? Like, uh, like we'll get the announcement trailer like right before, and then they'll just lock in Sojourn, and now it's like, oh well, it's playable. We'll we'll see how how it works on both teams. Um, I I think that'd be really interesting. I'm just very I'm very hyped to see something new from the Overwatch community because after hopefully after the game is out they'll go back to like giving us new content um more than just like the events and the skins like actual like events and stuff like actual like major events that's more that's lore. what i want more lore and like more new game modes is what i really want out of the the dev team yeah and we were talking about um we're talking about you know the single player campaign. Uh, if they keep adding more and more to it, that'd be a that'd be really good for not just pretty much everybody. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm excited more for the the single player stuff or like new characters, new maps, and uh, new modes. I I don't know because they're they're both high up on my list for things I wanted for this game. But now that I'm getting like all of my, if I had to choose one, I I don't know what I'd pick. I would honestly just, I just want to see the new game. I mean, we know that you've been working on this new game. Uh, I just want to play it. I just want to see what, what's so good about Overwatch 2 that'll make me want to move over from Overwatch 1, you know? Um, besides like, oh, well, we have newer graphics and better update. It's like, no, like what part of Overwatch 2 is going to keep me coming back to Overwatch 2 and not like go back to some other you know fps game yeah one speculation for me is i guess they uh uh one of my last questions for now is if let's say a character dies in the story of overwatch 2 assuming we get an overwatch 3 um are they just going to take that character out or because you'd still ideally um if they keep the same model be able to play them in the uh the multiplayer mode but for for a future game like the character's dead in the universe like not like reaper dead but like actually dead like do they take the character out just to to keep the the lore intact hmm cuz i know before they've talked about like they're planning on having like adding at least i think there's something like 100 characters or so that's a lot to manage so i know at one point uh, jeff was contemplating or, or talking about the idea that uh some characters would be removed for the roster to make room for new ones i mean i i feel like it would be really interesting to see characters leave but at the same time like i would hate for uh i would hate for like a crowd classic to just like disappear you know um just because they're like oh wait shit we don't know how to balance them so ah delete right like <laughs> What if, what if, for example, like I feel like the big one would be like Brig, right? If you you could go back in time and delete Brig, most people would probably be like, yes, I would delete Brig. But she's kind of in a spot right now where she doesn't have like literally a lot of power. Um, but it would be really weird to see like, let's say if Torbjorn dies or something like that. Uh -huh. um, does Brig take up like Torb's kit? And do you like split it between her and Ryan? Uh, because I feel like that would be something that would happen. Um, or like, you know, a soldier dies, right? Like, do you have a new gunner? Like X, Y, and Z. Like the older Overwatch characters are slowly like fading out. Um, it would be interesting to see that. But at the same time, I feel like players who have specialized in those characters um, are probably going to... They're either going to have to find like a new way of playing or they're just going to be like, well, you killed my favorite character, I'm out. Yeah, I feel like they would take out, like, the older characters in Overwatch just because, like, lore-wise, it would make sense that the old dogs would die off. So maybe we'd lose, like, Reaper and Soldier, maybe Ana, and then to make room for, like, newer the newer generation. So. Yeah, it's just a matter of, like, what they want to do i feel like it would be it would be really sad if it's just like the original overwatch team like they they get super old and then they all just like die so like you lose for example like if it was like torb ryan 
uh, Soldier, Reaper, and Ana, right? You lose all those, and now you have to find, like, replacements. Um, it, it would be interesting to see, like, who they pick up, or, like, even if Winston died, something like that. That would be... I, I mean, he is a flagship character, but, like... Or one of them. But it would be really interesting to see, like, who they have, like, next up. Um, who who fills in their shoes uh did they train them like you know we could see like older tracer uh i wouldn't like just tracer with like a like a tennis ball you know walker blinking around now <laughs> uh he just hits people with a cane uh, instead of a gun that's just like how it is and she's so fast but she's just like old and complains about it all the time um <laughs> it would be really interesting to see that dynamic and like if they decide to push the story in that direction yeah so this that's all hopefully coming in february or at least an announcement in february hooray hopefully blizzard hopefully don't mess this up this is literally your last shot yeah we we kind of we kind of just need some good stuff um yeah, and February is literally your last time to do it. Anything else we want to talk about, Kevin? Any news that you've got on your end? Uh, yeah, I got a couple of things. Just uh, just gonna throw them out there, okay? Um, throw away, throw. Okay, okay, here we go. Uh, number one, the uh, the Oculus Rift two, or the Oculus Quest two is out, um, for pre-orders. So, if you guys are into vr or looking to get into vr um yeah the the quest 2 is a uh it's a portable vr system so you really you don't have to plug it into a computer um it is self-contained um which is really cool but it does have a wire that you can plug into your pc so that you can get access to all of your steam games uh that might have usb capabilities in them or uh VR capabilities. So if you want to do VR chat with your actual hand remote things, you can do that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to maybe getting one. Um, I'm I'm also starting a new job in October, so I'm trying to save up for something like that. Ooh, um, that's gonna be really fun. Um, and yeah, it's just a matter of getting all the new stuff together. Uh, there's a lot of new tech. You know, everybody's jumping on the PS5. Um, because you know they had a sick announcement trailer um and yeah I, everybody's fanboying over the ps5 and the, how they're all sold out meanwhile i'm just waiting here for you know a pair of really cool goggles uh to wear and have my parents freak out about what i'm actually doing when i'm just actually just hitting blocks with lightsabers <laughs> it's all good uh, but yeah um that that's about it in gaming at least there's there's that going on just yeah stay stay in touch with your friends um play play newer games i i tried uh i tried uh bullets per minute the other day too i'm just getting completely sidetracked but bpm is like if you took crypto the necrodancer which is a you know like a rhythm dungeon game right uh and you mixed it with doom <laughs> so it's a first-person shooter, but it's also a rhythm game. Uh, it's just a really weird combination, but it, it, it was fun. Uh, I, I tried it out. I considered it fun, but it's yeah, got the just Kevin keep, seal of approval. It it does. There's a couple of things that I would like to be fixed, but at the same time, like you know, it is the first time that it's out, so they can always make changes to it. Um, yeah, just play games, stay connected with your friends. Uh. Among Us is not worth losing a friend over. Uh, no, <laughs> remember, gosh. it's just a game, and uh, I am not. Uh, I I was on cams the whole time. All right. If there's if there's nothing else, well, uh, thanks guys for tuning into this week's news segment. Uh, we'll be back at you next week with another news segment and the coverage of the uh, Asia game. Um, and if you want to uh, watch, if you're in the southern california area excluding san diego and you want to listen to some uh, or watch some asian film like get get some tickets from the los angeles asian film festival yeah that's that's my last words see you next week
Next week, we take a look at the latest Overwatch news and break down the Asian All-Star Games. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.